the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Well, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Wednesday. Uh, Boy, there's a lot in the news. Yesterday, I was at the Governor McKee press briefing. We're going to talk about that. But also, I want to start off, I, the, the situation in Afghanistan, um, which obviously there's a lot of reporting on, there's a lot of information on, but w- one of the most egregious, and I want to give credit to Good Morning America, Martha Raddatz, who's covered the area for quite some time. I want you to just listen to this exchange she has with George Stephanopoulos, especially about the amount of equipment that we're leaving behind. You know, we're giving the Af- Afghans, the uh, Taliban, their own Air Force. Listen right. to this exchange. Just heard Ian say right there, he doesn't think everyone's going to get out by August 31st, but the president seems to be sticking to that deadline. Uh, he sure does, George, and he has gotten a lot of pushback on this. I think there's a very tiny, tiny chance that they could extend the deadline, uh, but right now they're very solid about that deadline. And they talk about contingency plans. The president said uh, we're going to look at contingency plans. I think the contingency plans are if there is something extraordinary that happens, the military could possibly uh, adjust to that and get more people out. But I think at this point, the plan is to go ahead and try to get out as many as they have. They've actually done a a phenomenal job getting as many out as they can uh, in these last days, these last desperate days. But there are so many trying to get out our Afghan allies. We have these informal teams of veterans who I am in touch with trying to get people out outside uh, of the government and and that has worked in some cases but still so many more desperate to get out, George. And so many will not get out. We also know for sure that billions and billions of dollars sophisticated military equipment are going to be left behind into the hands of the Taliban. Exactly, George. This is not equipment that the U.S. left behind. This is equipment the U.S. gave to the Afghan military forces. All of it abandoned. Let me read you a few figures. $80 billion worth of equipment, 600,000 small arms, 76,000 vehicles, 208 airplanes, and they have body armor. We've seen these images of the Taliban holding U.S.-made weapons, sophisticated rifles and M4 carbines. Uh, it is horrifying to watch this because they... How is that possible? How is that possible? I think that is the most egregious thing I've heard of all of this. I want you to hear this again. We left this to the Afghan army, so now the Taliban takes this. My God, we gave them an Air Force. They didn't have one. Exactly, George. This is not equipment that the U.S. left behind. This is equipment the U.S. gave to the Afghan military forces all of it abandoned. Let me read you a few figures. $80 billion worth of equipment, 600,000 small arms, 70... 600,000 small arms, $80 billion worth of equipment. We gave it for the Afghan army. Taliban takes it. 6,000 vehicles. 6,000 vehicles. And the part, folks, I can't get over, 210 airplanes... Now, what do you think the Taliban could do with that? No wonder our allies in Europe. How, how do you think Israel feels? How about all of Europe feels? 210 airplanes? Into the hands of the Taliban. Oh, my exactly, goodness. Exactly, George. This is not equipment that the U.S. left behind. This is equipment the U.S. gave to the Afghan military forces 
All of it abandoned. Let me read you a few figures. $80 billion worth of equipment, 600,000 small arms, 76,000 vehicles, 208 airplanes, and they have body armor. We've seen these images of the Taliban holding U.S.-made weapons, sophisticated rifles and M4 carbines. Uh, it is horrifying to watch this because they will have all the weapons. What an absolute disgrace. Just that alone. Who made that decision to leave that behind? Someone's job is going to go. Now, I know that uh, Congressman Seth Moulton of Massachusetts, he and another rep just flew over there. And obviously, they're not, um, uh, th that is not being well-received in any way. He just went there on his own. Can you imagine? As if that's going to help anything. That's not, that's not helping anything. So, Congressman Seth Moulton. Two members of Congress flew unannounced into the Kabul airport in the middle of the ongoing chaotic evacuation. State, uh, stunning State Department U.S. military personnel who then had to divert resources to provide security information to the lawmakers. Representative Seth Moulton, Representative Peter Miju, Republican of Michigan, flew in and out on a charter aircraft or on the ground at the Kabul airport for several hours led officials to complain they, would keep, they could be taking seats that otherwise could have gone to other Americans or Afghans fleeing the country. Oh, my goodness. What is the deal with that? Moulton, Marine, outspoken critic of the Iraq War, served multiple tours in Iraq, and then the other congressman deployed as a part of the Army Reserves, later worked in Afghanistan. Both serve on the House Armed Services Committee, Moulton wants, and I, he's not wrong on this, but he wants some heads to roll with this whole chaotic thing. But that is certainly not the, they went to visit wanted to push the president, extend the deadline. And here you uh, have heard President Biden is sticking um, by the deadline. So, or at least right now he is. Now, folks, also, and again, um, this is one of those things. I want to give credit to Channel 12. Governor McKee, he may not, I know he doesn't like this story, but he is neck deep with this chief of staff, Tony Silva, story that he's doing. I've never heard of a chief of staff or a governor having all these no-show paid jobs on the side. And um, let's hear the latest now on the Channel 12 report where now the Republican Party has filed an ethics complaint. Governor Dan McKee says he has full confidence in his chief of staff who's been caught in a land controversy in Cumberland. Target 12 investigator Tim White is here now with the details. The state Republican Party says they plan to file an ethics complaint against Tony Silva in the wake of our report yesterday that revealed he continued lobbying the mayor of Cumberland after he said he'd given up his interest in the property. Tony Silva's initial request to get this piece of wetlands in Cumberland developed was rejected by the Department of Environmental Management in 2019. Two years later, with Silva now chief of staff to the governor, the DEM reversed its position and gave the green light. On Tuesday, Governor Dan McKee said Silva did not get special treatment by the DEM. Come on. There's no information that would you know, say that... No one believes that. ...on the state level, which is my main concern. But as Target 12 first revealed Monday, text messages and emails show Silva was lobbying Cumberland Mayor Jeff Mutter as recently as this March, despite saying he'd had no financial interest in the land for a year. I don't think it's inappropriate for someone who has, you know, had an interest in a, in a project to be talking to local mayor. I was a mayor of Cumberland, and I took those calls all the time. It just gives an aura of impropriety. State Republican Chair Susie Yankee says the GOP is filing a complaint with the Rhode Island Ethics Commission alleging Silva failed to disclose his financial interest in the land as required by law. You want to make sure that specifically in, in accordance with an ethics violation or an ethics code that everybody gets a fair shot everybody has to follow the same rules and regulations and you get away from the i know a guy situation governor mckee did confirm he received a phone call from mayor mutter after target 12's initial report about the land deal but mckee repeatedly refused to say if mutter expressed concern about silva's actions with the target 12 investigators tim white you know, uh, this is a self-inflicted, excuse me, self-inflicted wound with Governor McKee. This story is not going to go away. Uh, again, I don't know Tony Silva. There's nothing about this. Come on. Give me a break. If, if he weren't the governor's chief of staff, none of this is happening. 
the land was denied, and then he now just tries to strong on people. They can try to spin it any way they want. We've I've seen this movie before. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. It's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. To the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now, he is a columnist, mostly focuses on Rhode Island with the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And Dan, I want to start off. I, I thought you had a great piece. Uh, you weighed in on the Superman building, the current state of affairs. And I think most importantly, that in some ways, it was kind of this uh, PR effort, and I'll even give credit to Bill Fisher, who really created this whole thing of the Superman building and what it means. And you made a wrote a strong column saying, I'm not sure it really harbors that much sentimental value to people the way that maybe certain other landmarks might. Yeah, this is the uh, the the nice part of of moving to sort of a more opinion side column uh, writing because I've covered the Superman building. I actually went back. I wrote a call or a, a story years ago, about a year before Bank of America moved out, that got a ton of attention at the time because the former mayor, Joe Palino, uh, referred to it as downtown's ticking time bomb. Uh, and it got a lot of attention at the time. It really set off a conversation. And of course, in fact, Bank of America did leave and the place has been vacant for the last eight years. And you know, for the last eight years, you, you cover it and you see all these proposals and, you know, do you turn it residential? Do you turn it into a commercial space? And 
the case that has always been made to me, and I know you and other, certainly every other journalist in this, is how special the building is and how, right. you know, it's this, it's iconic. And I've probably written that it's iconic, but you actually step back and look at it and you think, look, it's the tallest building. And that means something, of course, but it was a bank, right? It wasn't, right. it wasn't the most, it's not, the, as I wrote in the column this week, it wasn't the empire. It's not the empire. Um, and I, and my take on this is, you're right. I think the PR team there, Bill Fisher and lots of others, have really tried to make this argument that it's so special. And really, the conversation, I think, should be about the need for downtown to be saved. It's not about saving right. Superman. It's about saving right. the downtown. And sure, I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that uh, some form of public subsidy for the Superman building um, in the context of revitalizing downtown could make a lot of sense. But the idea that we should just, you know, pile money into the Superman building without thinking about the need to rebuild Kennedy Plaza, without thinking about, God, what's going to happen with that Thane Tower, um, and without, mo- most importantly, thinking about, you know, where's the commercial uh, uh, real estate world going to go over the next couple of years? There just is not a true anchor tenant no. downtown, uh, and you're and you're noticing it. Look, I'm as big of a cheerleader for downtown Providence as there can be, but our office is down there right now. And you walk around, and there is not a lot going on. I mean, you have business, you have restaurants that you know are struggling to stay open, not because they're not just because they're financially in trouble, but because they literally don't have the staff to work it right. Right. Dunkin' Donuts is, is, you know, very strange hours at this point, things like that. Um, and so yeah, you're going to have another conversation about the Superman building. Uh, there's some reports out there, Go Local's reporting that the the owners um, are going to seek, you know, 40 some odd million dollars in public subsidy. Huh. It's going to be a hard uphill battle. And I think it's a my, my take on this. And it was, this was left on the cutting room floor a little bit in, in my column. But, you know, all these gubernatorial candidates and the mayoral candidates, they're going to have this, this situation where they're going to support, uh, you know, revitalizing the building as much as, you know, to, to go up and allow the laborers or the Mike Sabatonis of the world, the building trades to support, to say, okay, they, they check off that box. But then in other conversations with voters, they're going to be saying, oh, you know, we can't give away the store. We can't give away the store. Um, I think if this is going to happen, and I'm skeptical that they're going to get something done, the water is going to have to be carried by Joe Shikarchi, who's not vulnerable at this point. He's somebody who, you know, is probably going to get reelected. He'll probably be the speaker for the foreseeable future. Um, but that's that's not his, you know, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't care about downtown Providence. It's just not his thing. Um, and so it'd be really interesting as we see a proposal come together, my guess is you will see one in the fall, but you won't see anything passed in the fall, which means it gets Mm. kicked into a new session, uh, in an election year. It's an uphill battle for the Superman building. And Dan McGowan, you know, you're right. What it really is, is it's 111 Westminster. It's just an empty, tall building. Um, now personally, I've only been inside once I attended, it was a charity event. You know, inside it's it's old. I still remember like the elevator was was not exactly yeah. reassuring, and yeah. it was built at, at the time they built it. Was my understanding banks built huge buildings because people thought that they kept their money there, so you needed like a big building to That's show right. people all the money that they kept. But it's really just an empty, tall building. And as much as this tried to be an effort and almost rebranded as Save the Superman, it's. I, I think it's not. Governor Gina, think of this. Gina Raimondo in those uh, debates with Angel Tavares used to say empty Superman building. That yep. was the Democrat primary for governor in the fall of 20, summer fall of 14. Yep. I mean, it's. I, well, I remember, agree. don't you remember Gina Raimondo had that, that commercial with Tommy on his bicycle yes. saying, yes. my mom's going to, you know, you know, fill the Superman building. So it, the thing, the funny thing is, as much as I, <laughs> you and I are on the same page on this. It's just a tall building. And sure, any empty buildings, any, certainly the size of that, you know, uh, would it be better if it were filled? And so, you know, figure that part out. But this idea, it will become a conversation. But it's, it's interesting. I, you know, something tells me I had a, a Gina Raimondo, former staffer for Gina Raimondo, talk to me while I was writing this column. And 
I said, you know, what, what did you find as the, the real challenge for filling the building? And they said, very simple. It was Gina's view. And I think this was the right view was that you could not get the public to sign on and support a, a massive subsidy if there wasn't a big tenant coming in. If you couldn't say, we're going to match it with a thousand jobs or however right. many jobs. That was her political calculation. Again, I think it was probably the right political calculation. The problem is, is that you couldn't get it done three or four years ago. Now with COVID, there's no chance you're getting a big tenant in. Yes. Uh, and so now the conversation is going to have to shift to apartments. And that's a dicier thing because, you know, people get start to get worried about who's making the profits here, what kind yep. of affordable housing is going to, there's lots of that conversation and it's not going to come with, oh yeah, the, uh, you know, a thousand new jobs. That is exactly right. And Dan McGowan, I do also want to just pick up on, you know, you said something as someone that you, you are downtown and right now, I mean, it, it is, it has not come back from last year or COVID and, and we're heading into the fall and, the, you know, the variants, the Delta variant is getting worse. What, what is the future of downtown Providence over the next few months? Yeah, I'll tell you the most, the thing that alarms me the most and uh, the, maybe not the most, but the thing that I think is a real sign of, of, of concern is go right now. If you're, if you're listening to us, go, go to PPAC's website and try to get Hamilton tickets, right? You can get them almost every night. For, for the two or three weeks that there that Hamilton will be here wow. right after Thanksgiving, you can still get those tickets. Oh. Um, whereas I, two two years ago, I mean, oh, I remember I had sold people, out in that yeah, morning. Two I had, hours. I had friends calling from all over. Hey, do you know somebody? Can you get yeah. me a ticket? So that there's your concern. I think there's a lot of factors here. We can't underestimate the violence, right? That is a right. factor. Um, certainly, the pandemic is a factor. Look. There are still lots of those buildings. Talk to Joe Palino, some of the buildings that he owns. The, some of the companies have not had people come back into their office, even us. And we're tiny, but we're told you can go to the office if you'd like, but you don't have to, not until I think Columbus Day or something like that. So you're seeing lots of companies, uh, you know, uh, go through that situation. And what does that mean? It means that, you know, that walk that you could easily do for a long time, let's say down Dorrance Street and you know, you were not, it's not like it was ever the most vibrant place, but you would see other professionals, you know, five, six o'clock at night, you could go to a happy hour at any number of the bars down there. You're just not seeing that the same way. Um, now that, that opens up that argument for the Superman building. The Bill Fisher argument is we're going to put 450 people in, in, in downtown. It'll be like a new neighborhood. Maybe right. I mean, that, that may be what is needed, but right now, that place is pretty desolate. It, it is, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's scary, at least not to me, but I'm a, you know, a male. Right? Right. Like uh, if you're a female, if you're getting out of work at a city hall, five, mm. six o'clock at night, I think you're more concerned. Yes. And one, one last line on this, and, and this can't be underestimated. And those are the lines that you got from Michael Sabatoni, who said that anyone that if they expect you know, they want support. Uh, they, if they don't, they're not going to get my support. You cannot underestimate what they to me. What they're basically saying is if you're not going to give us that as a project to redo, then then we need something else. And I'll say I don't believe Joe Sakachi is going to ignore Michael Sabatoni of the Rhode Island Building Construction Trade Council of of a po- You know, if, if he says we're against tearing that down. I think at this point, I would be surprised if Speaker Sakachi goes against him. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you caught that because I feel like I was almost writing it for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, when he said that to me, I was like, oh, this is great. It's a great yeah. sound, you know, soundbite. It's a great quote. And it, is. It, it, pu- it puts everybody – now, so, some would say it's heavy-handed. Of course, it probably is. But it is. Uh, it, it draws a line in the sand very much. I'd say he went one further. He said – we won't support anyone that was against the fame tower a couple of years wow. ago and they haven't even got shovels in the ground there yet. So, um, you know, they're, yeah, they're going to push really hard. And remember, I mean, the, 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 the Gina Raimondo, you know, election and then re-election, people cannot underestimate. This is somebody who the first time did not have a lot of support from the public employee unions. The second time had more, but still 
very lukewarm people upset about the pensions the laborers and the oh yeah uh, you know in the building trades that's who she really got to vote for her um and 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 every they are a real factor particularly in a democratic primary uh, and so every candidate's going to have to pay attention and, and yes in fact the speaker will too folks quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience in his office 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company, they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan since you can give opinion i'm anxious to hear your thoughts on where you see Governor McKee. Boy, your former station, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, Channel 12 uncovering this. It is a controversy with yeah. Chief of Staff Tony Silva. Tim White, even uh, himself, went to the briefing yesterday. I think that's the first time I've seen him in a gubernatorial briefing, and that goes back to even Governor Raimondo. But um, he, he may not like it, and he doesn't like it, but th- there's, there's something here, and there's a controversy here with his chief of staff. No question about it. You and I have commented, I think, every week about how yep. uh, about how comfortable Governor yes. McKee is at those press conferences. He's He has started to like it. Um, he likes the banter with the reporters, and then you listened to it yesterday. I heard your questions. I was listening to Tim White and, and any number of other questions very one word answers or yeah. one sentence answers. It felt very lawyered uh, as yes. though, you know, something that, that he was hearing or, you know, needed to say and then didn't want to move on. And that's against everything that, that he does. He wants to go on and on. I mean, you heard him, in fact, the great segue or segment in that, in that press conference 
he, you know, he's doing a lot of one word, one question answers or, or one sentence answers on, uh, uh, you know, on Tony Silva. And then he gets a question about, uh, you know, masking or, or the schools and he goes on for 15 minutes. It felt yeah. like, uh, because he likes to be able to answer more than just the question that is asked. And then he wasn't doing it. I'll tell you this. The reason I think this is a massive problem, and, and I know within the governor's office, there's two camps on this. There's some who say, yeah, this is a problem and, and there's going to have to be a change made. And then there's others who would say, it's a process story. It doesn't matter. Here's why I disagree with that latter thought. I worked at Channel 12. I know how they work. And I know, and this is a credit to Channel 12, they are relentless. And so every story Every time the ethics, like the ethics commission is going to at some point right. vote to investigate this. So now your chief of staff is under investigation. Uh, every time a candidate decides to issue a critique, uh, who knows? Now you're going to start going through, you know, uh, uh, financial disclosures. You're going to start to see who contributed to who. Every single thing becomes a factor. I was on the team that, that you know, took down state rep John Carnavali many years ago. Yep. We did dozens of stories on John Carnavali over the course of, you know, a month or two. Um, we, you, once you've got something, once you've got your hook in it, you just continue to go and go and go. And some, look, the, the, the critique of that, right, and it, not to criticize my former colleagues, but a legitimate critique is, wait a minute, you know, are you, are you piling on? Is this really necessary? You know, how much of this, but right now it looks fairly clear cut. Um, and you're, by the way, one of the people talking about the other fact in this, in this bizarre story that how's the chief of staff for the governor, you know, have a side job working yes. for, for the, for the town of Cumberland. Um, oh. I, you know, I heard your question about, you know, is he going to get other jobs elsewhere? By the way, it was completely fair and legitimate to ask that. But most importantly, I don't know. I've known the last couple of chiefs of staff to the governor. Uh, ask them how many hours a week they worked and whether uh, they could have had a side job. Right. <laughs> you know, it's that is the hardest job in politics in Rhode Island. Um, and and to, to be able to have that, it, I think it's a I think it's going to be messy. And I think the longer this goes and look at the way the ethics commission works. Here's how it happens. Right. Complaint gets filed. At their next meeting, they'll look at it and they will almost certainly vote to investigate. They always oh, yeah. vote to investigate. Yes. So now you've got a chief of staff under investigation. Then three, four, five months down the line, we're now talking into 2022. Everybody's in the governor's race at that point. And let's say they come down even with something minimal, a little bit of a fine, $500 or something like that. Now, you, you know, you're a cloud of corruption in the governor's office. Yes. That's how it will be, uh, how it will be portrayed. Uh, this is going to be a real headache. And Governor McKee is very loyal to uh, the fo to Tony Silva and to folks in that office, so folks that kind of came with him from Cumberland. Um, he's going to have a lot of uh, soul searching to do, I think, over the next couple of weeks. And Dan McGowan, you're right. Number one, it's not going away. Number two, now you got, you know, incoming from Nelly Gobia. Yep. I, I don't know why Mayor Lords hasn't weighed in yet. You'd think he'd be ready to pounce after the whole dust up that Throw they a had. Punch. Over <laughs> yeah, something like that. But the, there is something there and 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 it's and it's an original story. Channel twelve right now, they own the story. There's gonna be some different turns to it. Yep. Um he right now may be saying you know, hey, listen, uh, it was very common for me with a constituent and da da da. But there's a big difference of the governor kind of trying to dismiss it at a press briefing and being on a stage or in a debate or now starting to see commercials or trying to question it. Then you can't just say, like, end of next question. It just right. doesn't work that way. Well, what did Governor McKee say last, last week? I think it was Kathy Gregg from the Journal asked the question of, you know, hey, anything to this? Tony Silva problem. It was, you know, somewhat mysterious, very inside baseball. And immediately the governor says, well, I don't like having my name associated with That's it. That's right. Yes. Right? The governor is mo far more than Gina Raimondo. I think far more than Link Chafee. Maybe going back to Kachiri, although you would have to tell me better than that. The governor is very conscious of yeah. how he is portrayed in the media. 
Um, and right now, you've got kind of the leading TV station, certainly the yes. leading news outlet, kind of killing him. Uh, he's got a huge problem with that. And whether he admits it or not, I just I know how he functions. He's listening to the radio. He's watching television. He wants to know what's being written. Um, and suddenly you're going from, you know, pretty good story on vaccination to, you know, a challenge when it comes to new infections. And suddenly you also now have a cloud over your office. Yeah, that and, and also I'll even say it was almost like a if you're sitting there it was on the right hand side, it's Tim White next to Kathy Gregg. If you're the governor, you don't want those two people no. asking you questions and enough that they felt the need to come. And that's the topic that they want to talk to you about. So now Dan McGowan, also, there is, folks, a piece in the Boston Globe how um, he has announced Rhode Island is ready to step forward and he's contacted President Biden to receive Afghan refugees. What, what is your thought on that? Yeah, you know, I, I heard him announce this yesterday. It was interesting because when he was asked about it previously, he kind of said, oh, I don't I don't know. And my assumption was this was one that he'd want to stay away from um, just because it, it is it knocks everything off message. It's going to get, you know, some folks really concerned. Uh, you know, can we afford it? All that all that sort of conversation. So I thought it was interesting that he uh, that he went, to, you know, it was the first thing I think he announced yesterday um, it was almost like he was trying to get, you know, a, a favorable story, knowing that every question that he was going to get was going to be about, uh, you know, the Tony Silva problem. Um, you know, look, I, I think Democratic governors are going to do are going to support the Democratic president. Right. So the, 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 my guess is you're not going to see this flood of refugees to Rhode Island, but he, he is definitely trying to kind of separate himself by raising his hand and saying, you know, the doors are open. Folks, another quick break, a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110-508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now, Dan, also in the Globe, folks, extensive coverage. Um, you know, you and I have talked about how Governor McKee, you know, had, I'd say, a good honeymoon period. Uh, numbers are down, da-da-da, everything's going great, opening this, opening that. Now the train is starting to get a little more rocky, and the COVID changes that are happening and the stories that are popping up, I think that, um, you know, his mandate with the schools and he is holding off right now on a statewide mandate, That's but right. that, and also now gloss to challenging him. He's got the healthcare workers. They're going to have another rally, uh, a two, I believe two rallies this week against the mandate. Now it's it's like the, the train is moving faster and, and now it's a challenge to see if if the governor can kind of keep up. It's really well put. I think the train is suddenly picking up. That's that's a great way to, to, to put it. You know, look, I think that there's always been uh, for, for Dan McKee, when, when you think about the, just the strict politics of it, um, the truth is a lot of anti-vax type people. Uh, you know, even many of the anti-mask folks, they're probably not going to vote for Democratic candidate for governor anyway, right? So I think right. you always have, you know, a little bit of a, a bubble where you'd like to have them, nice to have, but not need to have, you know, so in terms of support. And Gina Raimondo always understood that really well as well. The, pro the thing that Gina did not understand and that Dan McKee is now going to grapple with is sometimes that bubble of never going to support you, it can expand and 
even people who would almost always be inclined to support you suddenly are, are, you know, start to get mad at you. And he's in this weird spot where, you know, you do have, I think, growing resistance to mask mandates. You have then on the other side, this issue of, you know, cases are growing. And so you have folks who on the, the let's say the left side would, would uh, you know, are, well, why don't we have mandatory vaccines across the board? Why don't we have mandatory masks across the board? And suddenly by kind of trying to sit there and take a deep breath, I think the governor risks, you know, having kind of fractured uh, Rhode Islanders all around him. And suddenly that grows. And that's why you had a Gina Raimondo who, you know, really struggled to be over 50% approval for much of her time in office. You know, that's the, the challenge is that once it starts to get outside of that bubble, you know, let's be honest, the Republican bubble for a Democratic governor in most cases um, but when you start to see Democrats and, and folks, you know, mom and dad who are saying, wait a minute, you know, we, we've made it through this pandemic. Our kids are ready to go to school. We want to, you know, we don't want to have a mask and he's making us do it. Right. Uh, suddenly, you know, yeah, I think you do have a lot of folks who are going to be upset with him. Now, this is also a moment to show some leadership, right? He is, he could step up and be, you know, like the governor, Gary, he kind of in a way and just say, hey, we're going to muscle through this. I'm going to, sh- you know, lead by example, blah, blah, blah. And maybe it ends up working. But yeah, he, the train is starting to move and, and he has to make real decisions now. It's not just kind of happening organically. Um, you know, right. He got a lot of credit for vaccine strategy that was largely coming from the federal government. Right. The government got this right starting with president Trump and then into the new president Biden. Um, But now it's, now it's on him. Now he has to make a lot of calls. uh, And I think he's a little bit overwhelmed by it right now. The good news uh, in fairness to him is so far he has met the moment. I think he's been a, you know, a a communicative and and a a pretty successful governor. And so you almost want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but there's no doubt the train is now moving. It's, it's fast now. It's not just uh, dribbling along. How do you think he did in the storm? And also, I think uh, Governor McKee thought it was interesting yesterday that he freely admits this is something that that I think some others may try to they would maybe try to wash over or try to spin it. But he comes right out and says Rhode Island lost power, far more power than neighboring states, Mass and Connecticut. Yeah, people forget this was actually something nobody paid attention to that uh lieutenant governor's race a couple of years ago with him and Aaron Regenberg. You know, if you were an insider, if you knew the politics of it, maybe you paid attention, but right. It wasn't a major factor. People forget that the, the, that energy and national grid were major issues in that race. Cause you had, you know, Aaron Regenberg, who was a bit, uh, obviously very progressive and sort of had his views of it. And from the Lieutenant governor's office, McKee really wanted to kind of hold national grid accountable. Remember you had the Equidnick Island situation, a couple of years ago. And so this is very much on brand with what, with how the governor feels. I thought it was surprising. You never see um, a governor in, in the moment of the crisis, you know, being pretty critical of, of grid. Usually it comes, you know, the lawmakers start to hear from their constituents and they say, we're going to conduct a full review. We need to, but right in the, I mean, during the storm and just after the governor was, you know, it was pretty uh, stern at the very least. I thought it was a good look. I, I thought, I think people probably tuned into that and said, you know, thank where we keep hearing that this was a miss, that it didn't happen, but you know, 85,000, uh, I think customers were out of power. I think, yep. what did I see in Exeter? I think they said 85% of the town lost, wow. uh, huh. lost power. And so huh. there are a lot of people who, who were really affected by this. I think they probably like to hear that the governor is going to be on top of it. I also say, uh, you know, w- you and I have danced around the conversation about, uh, you know, how much Lieutenant Governor Matos needs to be around everywhere. I thought she did a pretty good job uh, on Sunday, you know, or being able to speak Spanish, to speak to the people. I thought she yes. was, you know, I thought she was, uh, I thought it meant something that she yep. was there uh, far more than in the past. I think it's been a big win for her. Folks, each day I start off and I don't do anything until I first read Roadmap. It arrives right in my inbox. And and Dan McGowan, right now, if you could extend that to anyone listening, that they could also receive it. Yeah, the best part, completely free. 
Uh, you know, right. You get, you're going to get original either reporting from me or some analysis. We're going to have some really good ones. This is a uh, late breaking candidate in that Senate race in Providence that we'll have later in the week. So lots of stuff to, to, to come. And the simplest way to get on, very easy. People do it every week when I talk to John. Just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. Great to talk to you, John. Thanks. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401-439-6028 Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist Yankee Tree Service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote, 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com I can breathe clearly now my mask is gone nothing but a big smile for all to see Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air my lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have a links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show, click onto that. 
it'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at depetro.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Summer's here. You want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family? Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's My Health, right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health, where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305-3585. 305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health right across the street from Davenport Restaurant. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snoot. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain He likes clubs with white faces With the lead waspy crowds Where for decades kept the Jews away And BLF cannot stay Well, he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. 